HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. I'm Sam Edwards. I'm third generation cure master from S. Wallace Edwards and Sons in Surrey, Virginia. We support the Heritage Radio Network because we believe in the cause and what they're doing. They're supporting family-raised livestock, small family farms, uh, certified humane, pasture-raised, antibiotic-free. Basically, we take the products from Heritage Foods USA and make them into uh, Serrano-style hams, prosciutto-style hams, bacon, sausage, like my grandfather did. You can find us at Surrey Farms. Dot com or virginiatraditions.com So let's eat in. I'm your host, Kathy Airway, and this is Heritage Radio Network. Um, we're here at Roberta's Pizza. It's a super, super rainy spring day, and uh, that's okay because there's plenty of food to be explored in the city on a rainy day. What else are you going to do? Go to the movies? No. Uh, so um, there's a, a new app, I guess you would call it an app, an iPhone app, uh, mm-hmm. but it's also a fun community uh, website that you can go check out called foodspotting.com. And I have the community manager with me today, Amy Chow. Thanks very much for coming. Hi, thanks for having me. So food spotting is kind of a, a very micro way of, of blogging. You upload a photo from a dish, and you can elaborate on this as much as you want, but it's, you know, it used to be that, you know, all these different bloggers would be talking about this you know, ramen that they had at so-and-so, fill in the blank, and sharing information that, that way. But now you can just upload your photo, you can have your own blog, put it on food spotting, your friends and everyone else who's glances upon this food spotting, which is very many, um, can see it. And then, you know, that's, that's simple. Sometimes, you know, it's as simple as that though. The picture speaks for itself. Yes, it is. Uh, food spotting is a dish recommendation site and a mobile app for the iPhone and the Android phones. Um, and we're about to enter our beta app for BlackBerry. Okay. So BlackBerry users can look out for that. Uh, but what, basically what we do, as you're saying, it's not necessarily a microblogging site, but it does allow for food lovers, whether you have a blog or just love looking for interesting food or dishes, uh, to share that dish on our platform. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically, instead of just snapping a photo, it becomes this way of saying, I had this great ramen at Minka in the, in the Lower East Side, and 
uh, this is what it looks like, and this is where you can get it. Uh, That's because true. it gives you the address and it gives you the contact information. And once our once this menu on our on our website and our app becomes populated, it almost becomes like a picture menu because yeah. you're seeing all these photos of different dishes around you. And it's just a good way to figure out what you want to eat based on visuals rather than reading a very long restaurant yeah, review. Yeah, and in a short description, people can just say, oh, it has mangoes or whatever. Right, exactly. And, and you're not getting the, the marketing angle. You're getting the real person's what exactly they saw mm-hmm. and they ate. Yeah, yep. so that's cool. Yeah, it's it's a very way, it's a fun way to share your discoveries. And maybe it's because I have like, all my friends are food bloggers that I'm thinking that it's like a, a really quick way to blog. Oh, it is. <laughs> I no, I, so I'm like, I, oh I, yeah, it's like a small like little community of like New York City food bloggers. But it's it could be much more than that. Oh, no, 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 don't, don't apologize. Because I blog about food as well. And it is a very easy way to update my my readers about where I am right mm-hmm. then and there, what I'm eating, what I recommend. Um, so yeah, it so this is, is something you're always doing. Yeah, it's, it's a like lifestyle almost. Simplifies it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's funny that your last name is Chow, correct? Yes, it is Chow. Um, <laughs> always has been. I didn't change it for my new job, but it's spelled C A O, which is um, the Mandarin spelling of the chow c-h-o-w so it could have been c-h-o-w then it would have been that would have been really easy to pronounce yeah it would have been much easier to pronounce but yeah uh, actually um our company there's seven full-timers at food spotting we actually have ted grubb who is our that's his name uh uh-huh grubb is his last name with two b's and soraya darby our um co-founder and chief of marketing darby means um Grapefruit in uh, in Persian. Yes, that that's a, it's. I keep thinking pamplemousse, but that's French. Yeah. Uh, but Darby means grapefruit in Persian. So we we all and Fiona Tang. Fiona Tang is our head of outreach. Tang being the uh, the, the orange drink. mixer. Yes, <laughs> the delicious orange mix. So how do you do that? You just like find people with with funny food last names. Or? It is true. Oh, that's probably you know it probably catches your eye immediately on their resume but joe hamburger out there you're mm. wanted at food spotting yes exactly or diner we, there was a john diner that i worked with once um, <laughs> at, at Zagat survey so that was funny that's amazing um so you guys are are now how how old food spotting? we are about 15 months old we launched in january 2010 and you have how many users now now we have over eight hundred fifty thousand users um they're registered registered downloaded app users okay um and over half a million dishes uploaded to our site so really you you can launch our app anywhere in the world and find a dish around you amazing it's soon gonna with all those archives it's gonna be like an encyclopedia of food um served everywhere (laughs) yes hopefully hopefully an encyclopedia of good food around you Oh really? Well, what yeah, about the bad food? Don't don't people want to upload that and say, "Hey, don't go to this place." Well, you know, no? sometimes people do, <laughs> but we really encourage our users to to recommend a dish. So okay. if you really love something, share it. But if okay. you're going to, if you're just lukewarm about something, maybe keep it off. Because when you launch our website or our app, the idea is to see where the good food is. Right. Um, but you know, you can't keep people from voicing their opinion about everything but we do encourage people to say you know try this and not just like 
poo-poo on things they don't Let's like. Let's make this a little more user-friendly and right. friendly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I remember like in the dawning, you know, dawning years of, of blogging, restaurants really hated it because people would be giving these, you know, totally unedited comments, sometimes very snarky, mm-hmm. um, about their restaurant's food. So... Right, and it's it's so up to interpretation. It depends on the person and who their server was. So it's yeah. really hard to say uh, one, how one experience will reflect how another person experiences. Right. So what food spotting does is allow people to focus on the dish. Because even if you have this hole in the wall uh, or someplace that's slightly out of the way, they might have this one amazing dish that makes it worth going there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and maybe you did have bad service one day, but it doesn't take away from the fact that maybe they have the best pork chop that right. you've ever had. Or that it's just, you know, a photo. A photo does not lie. It is what you got. Unless, you know, I guess there's better ways to take the photo. Um, yes, but... there's definitely different, <laughs> different levels of expert photographers in uh, using food spotting. But... Uh, for the most part, it's a very honest portrayal of how the dish looked at that time. And even the photos that are taken in a, a dimly lit restaurant, even those, you can see the the honesty and the enthusiasm behind it because they say, you can see like this blurry dish of lasagna, but mm-hmm. you still, the, the description might be, you know, this lasagna is like grandma grandma's, mm-hmm. you know, so you can still take that as a dish recommendation even if the person is not an expert photographer but we do offer tips on how to take the best yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, food photography that's nice um, I maintain our blog and what I, I recently did was write a blog post about how to take the best food photographs using your iPhone mm-hmm. and we are going to release um, a short how to how to take good food photographs with your Android phone so stay tuned for that but basically it's it's not only how great your phone is, it's also whether you have good lighting. If you're, in, uh, if you're having lunch, usually you get daylight, and that's usually better for the photo. And also depends on the angle you take it. If it's a, you know, if it's a bird's eye view, you might see this really small plate, but if you get at table level or eye level with your dish, you usually get a more... A feeling of importance, I, yeah. I suppose, the dish. Um, but um, a better food photographer might be able to give you better tips. But that's what seems worked like for everyone me. these days is a food photographer. It's like everybody wants to take photos of of their dish. So this is a really good practice and mm-hmm. a good way to check out what's good and what's not. I guess I don't, or what's good. Okay, yeah, I'll say what's, positive. What's I'll, good? <laughs> it's a positive. Positive <laughs> will resonate better, I suppose, when people. Look at look at something they want to eat. They want to see what they want to eat, not what right. they don't want to eat. Now, what happens if I upload a photo of, of my friend eating something at the restaurant? Um, Is that okay? It won't explode. <laughs> they, they won't. I, we won't send the police after you. Uh, but most people, we encourage, again, people to take photos of the dish. But if you're going to have your friend in the shot, we're not going to do anything about it. Okay. It's, it's basically what... Well, you, what your intention was. What about was. obscene photographs that get uploaded? Oh, <laughs> we sometimes spotting. we have obscene photographs, and, but <laughs> what we was rely. The thing? <laughs> oh, you don't really want to know. <laughs> but we do rely on our community to flag those uh, photographs that are inappropriate, and uh, once, once tough, they're flagged, I, so it's a community effort. It's a community. Mm-hmm. Everything. So, it's community. 
the community helps us moderate it essentially and then because there's only seven of you yes exactly (laughs) so so just bear with us because we're a small team but we do make every effort to to make sure that only inappropriate photos are removed sometimes people may not like lasagna and starts flagging lasagna you know (laughs) but most of the time it's very respectful and what was your favorite? What would you think that was, you know, maybe in the last week or so, the one that really got you, you know, running to that restaurant? Oh, well, this is a good question. I'm so glad you asked. Mm-hmm. I actually had the curry pan, which is, it's basically a donut with curry filling. It's a Japanese curry filling, and I got it at Cafe Zaya in Midtown Manhattan. Wow. It is amazing. And you know what? I... I have been to Cafe Zaya, and I have only been sort of impressed with it, though it's a, it's very popular in Midtown because people love going to Cafe Zaya for their relatively inexpensive Asian takeaway food mm-hmm. during lunchtime. Um, our food spotting CEO was in town, and she said, we have to go to Cafe Zaya to get this curry bun. And I'm <laughs> like, you know what? Cafe Zaya isn't the first place I'd go to for your last lunch in New York City. And she's like, no, we had to go. So she inspired the entire team to go to Cafe Zaya. And you know, I didn't I didn't actually go with them, but they bought me um, half of their curry pond because they started eating it. <laughs> and I had it and it was amazing. Imagine a donut with crispy it's like a crispy donut and the inside is filled with a savory curry filling. So it's like a jelly donut but with curry. Yes. Chicken yes. curry? It's something like that. I would, I, don't know. I would say it's like a meat curry. There was no meat in it, but maybe there was like some sort of <laughs> meat flavor. But it was amazing. And it turns out that curry pond, uh, also known as curry bun, uh-huh. curry bun is very popular in Japan. And Alexa has been to Japan numerous times. And actually, that's how food spotting was found because she was visiting family members in Japan. And discovered all these great dishes like okonomiyaki, ta- mm-hmm. tabanyaki, and she came back to the States and realized there was no easy way to locate these dishes that she had learned about abroad. Right. And so she went about and started brainstorming ideas to create food spotting. And now food spotting is a, is a great resource to help you find certain dishes because you're not... Sometimes you could Google you know, okonomiyaki around San Francisco, but it's... Which, that's the pancake, right? With it's the, a, yes, it's, yeah. a, it's a pancake... Um, I forget what's made out of, but I, it's it's drizzled with this yeah. this like, mayo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. It has all these shredded veggies in it. It's yummy. Yes, I know. Is food is so trendy, like worldwide, that there are new dishes popping up all the time. So this is a great way to keep track of all of them and share them all, mm-hmm. and then maybe spread them all. Maybe the trends will, you know, this curry I, curry pun. Yes, exactly. It's because after I I said, wow, this is the most amazing thing you've probably never tasted. I. I posted that on Twitter, and then my friend who works at New York Magazine Scrub Street, she retweeted it. And you know who knows with with her food enthusiasts, uh, food lovers who follow her, maybe they'll go and discover her curry pond too. So watch out for the invasion of curry pond. Yes, I hope <laughs> I hope it does because it is so good. It was That's so crazy. Good. Wow. Uh, yes, now you'll have to go try it. I, or I, I kind of want to make it now. Oh, do. <laughs> if you do, do it, that would be awesome. Do you like to make food too? <laughs> oh, oh, making food, I'm, well, I actually, I can not cook. Um, I'm not very good at it. Maybe I should say that. I'm not very good at cooking. And 
well, I guess that leads to the conversation of um, what I am doing and what I did before food mm-hmm. spotting, and okay. that's I have a video series called Stupidly Simple Snacks and Stupidly Simple Snacks. Mm-hmm. Stupidly Simple Snacks because I talk about food, I write about food, and I work within this food mobile tech space, and yet I cannot cook it for my life. <laughs> so I started this video show where I. I make very easy things that even I cannot screw up. Well, then you can. Yeah. Oh, well, it's they're easy things like creative twists on the peanut butter and jelly sandwich and how to microwave a potato. And yeah. not many people know you can microwave a potato. So I try to find different ways to, to make life easier for those who are afraid of cooking. Well, there you go. But I'm not like you should, like your, you should read your own blog. <laughs> I, should, I should read my own blog. And you know, sometimes I there was one recipe um, that I made with the 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 author of the Art of Nonconformity, Chris Guillebeau. He he travels a lot, and his goal is to travel to every country in the world. And he says a lot of times when he's traveling, he gets hungry. He packs these energy bars. So together, we decided why don't we make our own interpretation of a snack bar or an Mm -hmm. energy bar and we came up with this by accident this amazing recipe for unconventional snack bars that's what we call them but almond butter rice krispies instant oats chocolate chips and honey basically those are the five main ingredients and all we did was we nuked the almond butter and the honey in the microwave and used that to um Make, stir in, stir in yeah, the rice krispies afterwards. Yes. Yeah, it was amazing. It's a snack bar, and this is what my boyfriend eats for dinner for like <laughs> weeks because he gets in these peanut butter and jelly phases and then snack bar phases. Yeah, but it it's it really it's, demystifies the the whole wrapped snack food. Mm-hmm. Exactly, phenomenon. and it's fun. Yeah, because I don't know what's in those things, actually. But now you describe like well, one way to make it with four or five ingredients that it. That's inspiring. Yes. So hopefully I'll have more of those uh, to share. And it's been fun. I can't it's been wait. Yeah. I'll look forward to more of those. Um, in the meantime, I know you picked out a song to put on. Yes, it is by Madeline Perot. Oh, right. I love her. And she. It's just been, aside from today, uh, because it's a little bit rainy, it's been actually pretty nice out in New York City. And it, it just reminds me of alfresco dining in a springtime dress all right let's be reminded of that be right back Le voir un jour 
following is a public service announcement from Heritage Radio Network. Tune into the food scene Tuesdays at 3 p.m. on the Heritage Radio Network. Hosted by Michael Harlan Turkell, photo editor of Edible Brooklyn and Edible Manhattan magazines, he'll further explore the amalgamation of food and art by talking to artists from a multitude of media. Guests will range from photographers, food stylists, interior architects for restaurants, industrial designers, all the players that make you want to eat with your eyes. Get ready to feast your ears every Tuesday at 3 p.m. on the Heritage Radio Network. All right, we're back on Let's Eat In. I'm your host, Kathy Airway, and I have Amy Chow from Food Spotting on. Hello. That was a nice little song. Well, thank you. Definitely made me want to go outside. Yes. Hopefully when it gets nicer. It will. It will. So uh, we were talking about food spotting and what it's all about, and and maybe uh, I'm curious about where it'll go, too, if you have any ideas. Obviously, it's going to expand and create a very amazing, comprehensive directory of food. Mm-hmm. But what about, I, I just, I don't know what made me think of this, but do peop, can people add on the price of the dish? We're actually planning to incorporate a, a kind of price range for the restaurants. Yeah. Um, so, so look out for that. That could be a really useful um, piece of information for future, just, I don't know. Because mm-hmm, sometimes gathering. that'll affect where you want to dine too. So. Right. So, yes, we definitely want to and, and plan to incorporate mm-hmm. that. And especially with, um, it might be interesting to see you become a year or so from now, because um, I, I'm sure you've heard, like, this rising food cost is now um, starting to affect restaurant tours, and they're trying to, to figure out if, you know, or how to raise prices, or, mm-hmm. and how much. I, I, I'm curious about how, you know. How this how will much. affect people dining out. Or just okay. just what the bare you know change in a slice of pizza might be you know from to this year and then next. Yes, that's true. And we can go back and look at the same pizzeria and what it was last year on Food Spotting. It'll maybe. definitely be interesting to see. I mean, twelve months a lot can happen in twelve months, right? So you, you sound I, very scared about the oh, food. No, right? no, I'm, <laughs> I, right now I'm actually thinking of Metro Cards and how it's two fifty. <laughs> and I guess was it a year ago? It was just two twenty five, and yeah. then. Maybe a few years before that, it was still in the dollars. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I feel like obviously we have no choice but to be flexible, um, and and you know, bend with the the changes and and adopt. And maybe our f- dining habits will change, but well, I guess only time will tell. Yeah, you know, they always say that they're always predict. Oh, no one's going to go out to restaurants, but uh, it's it's very ingrained in our culture, I think. Um, even though you know, I've spoken a lot about embracing home cooking, but I think that that has a place in our culture too. They mm-hmm. both they both belong. Um, but anyway, speaking of which, so you're simply uh, simply stupidly simple stupidly snacks. simple snacks. Yes. Um, sounds like a great concept, and hey, maybe that'll take off when. <laughs> oh, well, the 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 fingers are crossed, and the the team is very supportive of what I do on my own time, and that they they love the snack show as well. So mm-hmm. I'm very lucky to be working with a team that that accepts me for who I am, someone who can't cook for her life. <laughs> I highly doubt that. Oh, um, <laughs> I can, okay, fine. I can bake chocolate chip cookies from. The baked New Frontiers cookbook, mm-hmm. which I—that's a great one. It is a really great one, and if you have, if you guys ever get the chance to go to Red Hook Brooklyn, 
I highly recommend stopping by Baked Bakery. Um, two guys who used to work in the ad ang- uh, advertising field and who just had a love for baking. And now it's really taken off. And I, well, I'll have a couple of cookies, but really my boyfriend is the one who who eats them all <laughs> when I bake them. Um, so that's they're actually... They're pretty tasty. They're very tasty. They're just... Um, and their cupcakes are awesome, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. I got to stay away from this. I'm, I work in Red Hook, so I'm, like, always You go there, there all the time. Yeah, I, for coffee sometimes and, you know. They yeah. have these whoopie pies, too. Yeah, the brookies. They have all these crazy little signature. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what they're called. Garbage cookies, maybe? Monster Compo- cookies. Monster cookies. Monster cookies, yeah. yes. I've made monster cookies, too. Nice. They're supposed to be... I, I guess I consider them sort of healthy because they have instant oats in them <laughs> and peanut butter um disregarding the high sugar content of peanut butter it it's yeah, still if you take like, away all the butter and sugar it's totally healthy it's totally healthy you but, can extract that no problem from a cookie <laughs> that's true maybe maybe we should just practice moderation maybe that's the better advice <laughs> so um uh food spotting so i it's really funny because um, you guys interviewed me on it, even though I'm like the antithesis of, of food spotting. And it's we, really sweet. Oh, we love everyone who loves food, cool. right? We love everyone who loves food. And you've definitely been an ambassador of home cooking. And we admire you for that. Uh, Thank but you. Of course. Of course. Uh, after reading your book, you said that. You know, your family would go out to get dim sum, and one of the foods that you said you miss while not dining out in New York was dim sum. Yeah. And it's Top true. Top reason for eating out. Yes, yeah. because you're not going to create a dozen different small dishes. Never. For this very communal experience, right? Unless I practice for years and, you know. No, I bet you could do it. But it just takes a lot of effort. Exactly. And, and you're not going to just create three dumplings. Uh, of of one kind of dim sum, oh you know. Yeah. Um, so, so there are definitely reasons for dining out, and it's it's very fun to see your side of it. Thank you. You know, because it's a test of your will, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But you you guys mentioned that um, you've heard a lot of people say, "Oh, are you going to add like home cooking thing to an, an aspect of that to Food Fifty Two? But or I mean. Whoa! Did I just uh, that's okay. That they, they, we all have food in our name. It's very confusing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. There's a lot of food fill in the blanks. We were just talking about off air, but um. So yeah, home cooking is not like well, I home don't know, cooking. How do you? Well, what we do, what food spotting, what we do is help people find good dishes. Right. So that doesn't really. Uh, so it do doesn't. It. Um. Well, we don't tell our users don't upload a photo of the dish that you made at home. Mm-hmm. But but there is a way for us to mark those properties as, as private because first you don't want people showing up at your up. door <laughs> saying, wow, this dish looks awesome. Can I have Unless some? you're Ben Sargent, the lobster guy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> then you would go to the press uh, with your <laughs> secret location. But in, in terms of what we try to do as a service is allow people to find that food again and to recreate that experience right. um, that's shown in that photo. Um, but and you can't really do that when it's when it's home cooked meal. You you, you don't can't, you can't yeah. really necessarily do that unless you're going to invite you know everyone on the food spotting team <laughs> hey, you and never our know. users. <laughs> it could happen. It is true, and who who knows where where you know your your professional looking home cooked meals might lead you. Exactly. Uh, but we it could get weird. <laughs> as long as it's edible, we will not delete it. Really cool. Yeah, we will not delete it, but we will mark it private. 
if if I find you, I will find your home cooked meal and mark it private. But then in that case, at least it doesn't uh, re- misrepresent that the fact that you can find this out. That's true. Out in the streets, basically. <laughs> so I'm very excited to ask you um, this question because you're such a food savvy, well traveled foodie. Um, perfect date meal. Perfect Where would date you go? Meal. What would it be? Is first date. 15th um, date. You can interpret that however you like. Okay, well, I actually, for my Sunday date last night uh, with Jason, my boyfriend, we actually met, went to Motorino. Mm-hmm. And they, like Roberta's Pizza, has awesome pizza. Mm-hmm. And there's something about not just going to the corner pizza joint and getting a New York slice, which is awesome in itself, but it's it's such a... It's a comfort food, and also, it's um, it's easy. It's casual. I can enjoy a whole pie by myself at Motorino, which I did. Although I didn't finish all of the crust. I'm sorry for the crust <laughs> lovers out there. Um, but it's still impressive. Oh well, yeah, I, I mean, it was amazing. I had the Brussels sprouts and pancetta pizza, and they have about six different pizzas. They're um, Napoleonic. Mm-hmm. Napoleonic style, um, Neapolitan. Neapolitan. Sorry, style. I always say I was like, what <laughs> Neapolitan style. Oops. Yeah, you don't want to talk to me for too long because I, I start making words up. Um, <laughs> Neapolitan style pizza. Yeah, it's a. It's it was very casual and. I want to see somebody at Roberta's come up with a Napoleon pizza. We'll have like French uh, Gruyere uh, and yes. <laughs> something like multiple layers. But Roberta's is great. It's a. It's not as close to me as Motorino is in the East Village, but I really loved the pizza Roberta's yeah. too. So like the fun kind of city snacky comfort food. It's pizza. comfort, but it's also almost artisanal too. You know, it's yeah, you it's could say a that. gourmet pizza. It's not just something that I made. At and home. so, do you guys each get a pie? Are you sometimes we share, sometimes mm-hmm. depending on our hunger, yeah, levels. I, I feel like when you get two pies, why you know just consume one when you can share and the slice. Usually we share, um, <laughs> but he, but he insisted on having his own Brussels sprouts <laughs> pancetta pizza last night. So I was like, okay, then I'll have to get my own as well. <laughs> so I did. So we had two. They <laughs> have a really good ramps pizza too. Um, oh, nice. And so definitely recommend the Ramps pizza before it goes out of season. Yeah, that's a short window. Might be over soon. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for your advice. Anytime. I'm, uh, I think I saw that photo on Food Spotting. You can see that, that uh, pancetta and Brussels yep. sprouts pie. It's what I ate last night. It's, you could just go to foodspotting.com slash Amy. All right, so we're about to food spot our lunch here next. (laughs) But um, anyway, thanks so much for joining us. Um, Please do check out Food Spotting, join the community, and um, also simply, simply... (laughs) And watch Stupidly Simple Stacks. Exactly. See you next (laughs) week. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Amy. Bye. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. 
You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. This is Behind the Scenes News with Katie Kiefer. Just this week, I read about um, my one of my favorite television personalities, Mike Rowe of Dirty Jobs, who testified in Congress about how disconnected Americans in general have become from the people who produce their food or fix their pipes, make their clothes, etc. Here's what he said. I believe we need a national PR campaign for skilled labor. Something that addresses the widening skills gap head-on and reconnects the country with the most important part of our workforce. Right now, American manufacturing is struggling to fill 200,000 vacant positions, and there are 450,000 openings in trades, transportation, and utilities. The skills gap is real, and it's getting wider. In Alabama, a third of all skilled tradesmen are over 55. They're retiring fast, and no one is there to replace them. In general, we are surprised that high unemployment can exist at the same time as a skilled labor shortage, but we shouldn't be. We've pretty much guaranteed it. In high schools, the vocational arts have all but vanished. We've elevated the importance of higher education to such a lofty perch that all other forms of knowledge are now labeled alternative. Millions of parents and kids see apprenticeships and on-the-job training opportunities as, quote, vocational consolation prizes, best suited for those not cut out for a four-year degree. And still, we talk about millions of shovel-ready jobs for a society that does not encourage people to pick up a shovel. In a hundred different ways, we've slowly marginalized an entire category of critical professions, reshaping our expectations of a good job into something that no longer looks like work. A few years from now, an hour with a good plumber, if you can find one, is going to cost you more than an hour with a good psychiatrist. So check out Mike Rowe Works, that's his website, where he is announcing a broad-based initiative from Discovery Communications called Discover Your Skills. I think he has a lot of interesting points to be made here, and I think everybody would do well to take a look at it. So this is Behind the Scenes News from Katie Kiefer. Thanks for listening. The following is a message from Heritage Foods USA. In the next few weeks, Heritage Foods USA will be offering an interesting variety of amazing products, ranging from top-quality seafood to their famous pork cuts. At the end of May, the Heritage team will go up to Maine to harvest fresh lobster with sustainable lobstermen. These delicious lobster are a perfect way to kick off the summer season. In the pork department, Heritage Foods USA will offer the maple-cured smoked boneless Heritage ham at an unbeatable price. This offer won't last long, so get them while you can. Place your order today at heritagefoodsusa.com or call 718-389-0985. That's 718-389-0985 to place your order with Andrea or Ashley. And don't forget to sign up for the email list and to check them on Facebook and Twitter to get in on their new products, deals, and offers from Heritage Foods USA.